on May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. podcast world uh this is andy richter and you are listening to the three questions and uh, i'm very excited to have uh uh somebody that well we've met in person at once but you know we're sort of we're twitter pals we're online pals and it's the very funny uh and and very witty uh ira madison the third hello hi andy how are you i'm good you know i'm uh... good we were, I was just saying before this, you're the first person I've interviewed, I think, that is sitting behind or sitting in front of lots of books. You know, I'm really trying to up the reading into my brand, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I made a joke. I made a joke on Twitter. I said, I would do that with all my on-screen stuff, but all my books have the word piss in their title. So... Uh, <laughs> whenever I've been, whenever I've done my pundit spots on MSNBC, they don't like that. Um, <laughs> now you are a Midwesterner. I am. I'm from Milwaukee. From Milwaukee. Has has your family been in Milwaukee for a long time or? Uh, yeah. Since, um, like the seventies, late sixties, wow. early seventies. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and how was that? How was growing up in Milwaukee? Yeah, it's quaint, you yeah. know, uh, quaint and cold. A lot of white people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not not that many in the city actually. Milwaukee is actually has a heavily um diverse population. Yeah. You know. Um, people don't which, realize which, that. You know, you, no, you wouldn't. Like it, you think it's one big beer hall from you know, just yeah. like what history has been, you know. Or Laverne and Shirley, happy yeah. day stuff. You're like you think, Oh, it's just this. I'm like, Well, that was nineteen fifty two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a huge Hispanic population there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and were, you, um, were you from downtown? Did you live downtown or no? Uh, well, I lived um, so the east side of town, like mm-hmm. uh, River, like I think River Edge. Uh, ooh, not me calling that the wrong neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> I lived on like the east side of town briefly. Okay, finished in Milwaukee. <laughs> if you get this. Right. <laughs> lived on like the east side of town briefly. Uh, we grew up on like Booth Street and like sort of Silver Spring Drive. Um, lived by this army base because my grandmother was in the army. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, she was a sergeant major in the army. And then at some point we moved to um, near Wauwatosa, you know? Okay. So, yeah, not, not, not right in the little 
Wauwatosa Village. We're still part of Milwaukee proper, but right. um, we moved more towards the north side of the city. Yeah, Wauwatosa um, is. I, I don't. It's kind of like a cute little place, right? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 You know, the mall it's been is years. there. It's been years, but I just you know. I, did, mm-hmm. I miss all those Wisconsin names too. You know? <laughs> like, like hearing hearing people try, you know, to say Waukesha County and just getting it yes. terribly wrong. You know, <laughs> yeah, Waukesha, West Allis, Racy, yeah. all sorts of places. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they're still there, and I've got my I got my Bucks hat on now. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, Cream City. Oh, right, because of the bricks. The bricks. Yeah. Right. 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 Which is uh, which is funny because most people just assume that it's because of like dairy, <laughs> or how white the town, or how white yeah. the town is, yeah. But I mean, yeah, but to call yourself Cream City as opposed to like Milk City is really like we're the best whites of all. The yeah. Whites. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you a baseball fan? Uh, no. Oh, well, this is the Bucks hat. This is the basketball hat. Oh, the basketball team. Oh, okay. Because yeah, because yeah. the uh, but the I'm Brewers sorry. are the Brewers are fine. Yeah, because yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> they because they you know they've incorporated that into their whole thing too. The Brewers have. Mm, right. I have um. Maybe I should get some Brewers hats. I don't no, really not. watch base. I don't really watch baseball though. I'm see. I'm boring. I I'm a late onset baseball fan. I was it was forced down my throat for years as a child and then like mm. in my forties I started caring about it. I don't know. It's just part of I, I think have it's part of always you know, enjoyed going. Yeah. Like like you can you can sit and watch a game and it Absolutely. seems more fun. At yeah. home it is very slow. Yes. <laughs> it's good to nap in front of if you know if you yeah. Get, you know. yeah, no, I'm that way with virtually any sporting event. I'll go see it live, but I just can't give a shit that much if, if it's on tv you know Mm -hmm. Um, same you know i have a friend who um tries to take me to uh sorry i have a friend who like watches the lakers like religiously uh and i can watch a game with him if it's in person because you know you're you're going to staples you know you feel like you're doing something yeah uh, and also it's they are amazing human beings yeah. Just like specimens, amazing specimens of the human animal doing amazing things, you know? Yeah. They're all giants, first of all. It's <laughs> like, holy shit, uh, there's that many big people on one place, you know, in one place. <laughs> um, now, uh, you, you were, your mom was a single mother, correct? Is that, I had that in my notes. Yes, yes, yeah. she was. Where Did your dad ever live with you guys or? uh no i mean well at some point when i was younger uh yeah, yeah. So I, I hadn't seen him really since i was like um i don't know six or so he's, oh you haven't seen him since he since you since he or yeah he's somewhere my yeah, sister's yeah. seen him other people in my family have seen him um i have made the choice not to <laughs> yeah yeah i listen i understand um now uh what did your mom do was she uh was she in the military too, or no? She's had a lot of different jobs. Um, she was a substitute teacher at once. Um, she worked for. She was a deputy sheriff once. Wow! Uh, and now she's currently uh, works for the post office. In uh, where was she a deputy sheriff? In Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Wow! How was that? Uh, not that stressful. But yeah. I mean, I was was young. It was young enough. Um, I was young enough to the point where I didn't, um, 
hate all law enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> it was S-C-A-B. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, definitely give me a few more years and I would have been uh, having some convos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, did she ever talk about, was there like, you know, did she feel like there was racism within the, you know, I'm the sure. sheriff's department? Because yeah. wasn't that, wasn't that, that was crazy? that was under David Clark. Yeah, that yeah that's lunatic. the guy with the cowboy hat, the African-American yeah. with the cowboy hat. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, yeah remember he's him? A nut job. Yeah. Yeah, he sort of dropped off the face of the earth. He's hiding somewhere, yeah. I'm sure. Maybe COVID got him. I can't <laughs> I can't see that guy ever wearing a mask, so. Um Well, what kind of kid were you? I mean, were you, were you an only child? Did your mom do you have any siblings or I have a younger sister by 2 years and yeah. um what did I do? You know, I was I I read a lot. Yeah. books yeah. um i read comics a lot you know I, there was a comic book store called collector's edge comics that was about um a mile from my house so mm-hmm. we used to walk i used to walk there um every saturday morning to get yeah. comic books and um it's just very quiet and did a lot of reading and did watch ev- watched everything like yeah, on yeah. tv and movies yeah yeah that was i was uh I would say that I, probably sixty percent of my the child care for me was a television. <laughs> was just <laughs> you know like it's like you know it ended up being like a visual leash, like you know like you, the way you tie up a dog. You just put me in front of a TV and I would stay there and not get into trouble. Um, yeah. I want to ask about about the the comic books because um, I you know when I was a kid I looked I used to read comic books somewhat. A, we didn't have comic book stores. There was just sort of like what you got at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I was never, I never experienced the comic book store sort of ethos until I was, until I was younger. Um, but who, like, who are some of your favorites and, and, you know, and what, what type of stories appeal to you most? Well, uh, my, my favorite was Spider-Man and he yeah. was actually my first t- uh, tattoo. Oh yeah. See it. I see it. Uh, yeah. And then there's there's that, and then there's a Batman one, too. Uh-huh. Um, I like them. You know, I was a big X-Men, Avengers, Fantastic Four fan. So those yeah. were my faves, you know? Um, did you go to uh, public school? Uh, I went to a public school part of the time, uh, at a Montessori school part of the time. Uh, one of the schools was, um, let's see, one, two, Highland. That was a that was a younger school. Um, the gold of my year was third through fifth grade. Morris year, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Now uh, is that like a Jewish day school or something, or was it a? I think it's just named after her. Oh, because okay. uh, I mean she uh, she lived in Milwaukee for a bit. So what? I didn't know yeah. that. Wow. Yeah. So um, hung out with her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yep. Beer and pretzels Mor- with gold in my ear. Uh, then it was Samuel Morris Middle School. I do not remember who Samuel Morris is. Morse code? I think it is. I- yeah. Hmm. Well, there we go. See, there you go. That's that's uh, that's all you need for Jeopardy is just to be kind of vaguely sure. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. Samuel Morris. I think that's Morse code. Yeah. Uh, um, and and then um, 
high school um, was a private school, Marquette High School. Um, it was an all boys Catholic, Catholic. Uh, all boys Jes- Jesuit school. Oh, okay. And how was that? I mean, Jesuits kind of have a mixed reputation of being pretty good and devoted to education and then also being awful and, and punitive. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it, it was a mix of both. It was yeah. good and it, it was awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, it's, uh, it was one of my first experiences with all like a predominantly white school, you know, so oh, it was, yeah. um, you know, and also just um, the economic status of everyone at the school was very high so yeah was quite that, a, did you get kind of outright ostracization no not outright yeah yeah but i mean did you have friends i mean there was you know oh yeah of course yeah, yeah i had friends yeah you know um yeah it was um it was it was it was it was, it was lovely for a lot of reasons, you know. I did have quite a few friends at school. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't like an outcast at school. You know, right. like I, right. I I lived a very nice life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's also there are also um, truly horrendous people that I did go to school. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. So. Yep. Welcome to the world. Yep. Um, yeah. May I ask, were you, were you out in high school or? Uh, no, not till college. Not till college, and uh, and w- did you ever? It was was uh, you know was there any teasing about like did it, was, there wasn't any kind of well you know mm. like nobody te- like did you get teased? Not really. Yeah. No, maybe like my first year. Um, I remember first semester, first year. There was like two. Um, Evil people who did, yeah, yeah. but but well, because they both like, they both ended up getting arrested. <laughs> nice. In school, yeah, yeah. No, what, what, are, what are they I mean, for terrorism? Really? Yeah, I think he like wanted to blow up our uh, school. Um, so there was that. He was kicked out, and then um, his friend um, he was arrested because they were. Um, they had a weed grow house in one of their attics, um, and but were also um, robbing homes in the suburbs. Wow, you're like a magnet to really draw off the bad ones. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> they come for you. Um, and were you, what kind of stuff did you do in school? Were you like? Uh, I did theater. Theater, yeah. Um, theater and. Um, but was not really cast in anything, so I did um, state, you know, stagehand stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that led me to playwriting. So yeah, then that's, that's what, what I, that was your major, correct? Uh, that was my that was my major in grad school. Yeah, uh-huh. um, I, I, well, theater was my major in undergrad, and then graduate school I did um, playwriting and screenwriting got my mfa in dramatic writing and um high school was where i first learned that like i liked writing yeah um for people you know instead of writing like right. n- novels or something like writing things that you would hear people then say out loud yeah yeah now was it was it like when you did you have like some big dream to be an actor and was it hard when you didn't get casted or did you just kind of feel uh, like i want to be liked a part it. of this yeah, you know, I liked it. It was Ariel. I wanted to be a part of their world. Yeah, uh, and then didn't <laughs> didn't happen. Didn't happen. So I figured out something else. You know. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, now, where was undergrad? Where'd you go to undergrad? Uh, Loyola, Chicago. Loyola, in Chicago. Um, and how was your Chicago time? Did you like living there? I did. As opposed to you Milwaukee, know? you know? Yeah, you know, Chicago was a, was a great time because, you know, I was away from home, but also close enough to home that I could go back when I needed to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really like an hour and a half with no traffic. Um, and it was... It was fun. You know, it was a good city. I like Chicago. Yeah, I do too. Um, and it's a good place to be your first step away from home if you're going to live in cities. Yeah. I think, you know, it's kind of like a good starter city. Because uh, <laughs> I know when I left a small town, I don't think I could have handled New York or, or Los Angeles. I think I needed to kind of have a little, a little bridge into it. Uh, and then grad school was where? Uh, grad school was um, Tisch, NYU. Oh, nice. Nice. Now, how was that transition from Chicago to New York? Uh, I moved to New York, actually, like a couple of years before I did grad school. So um, it was actually um, a lovely transition, you know? By the time I started at NYU, I was already living in New York and used to the city. So Yeah. And were you, were you writing? Uh, were you getting things performed, you know, your pieces performed or... Uh, I, a few here and there, um, yeah. but mostly I was, uh, I also did journalism in high school. Uh, oh, okay. and so that's what I was sort of doing to pay the bills for yeah, a bit yeah. in, um, New York right before grad school. I was interning at a couple places. Um, uh, and then I went back to school for dramatic writing, my MFA. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved here to Los Angeles, um, I got back into um, like writing for like BuzzFeed, GQ, yeah. like um, Vulture, that kind of stuff before um, my screenwriting took off. How now? When you go from Chicago to New York, how do you start writing? I mean, where, what did you have connections of any kind, or did you know anybody? Um, no, I applied for an internship and got one, and so. Yeah. At, at, That's what, at Radar at, Magazine. Oh, okay. That doesn't yeah, exist the, anymore, does it? No. I no, think it's no. like Radar Online now, and it's like some celeb trash site. But the old Radar <laughs> Magazine was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I remember it, yeah. And it was yeah. still kind of celeb trash, but, you know, yeah. fun celeb trash. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, did you, I mean, did you get to write stuff there, or was that... I mean, yeah, I wrote stuff for their website every day, um, and then I started working at um, OK Magazine, and then mm -hmm. I was uh, at um, that's Page a Six Magazine. That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh wow! And how? I mean, were you happy to be doing that kind of tabloid no. stuff? Or, yeah. No. I mean, it's got. I mean, it's got to have some fun, but it also has to. I, can I was definitely imagine. fired from OK Magazine. Yeah, uh, because I was tasked with um, whenever they would have polls about like, do you believe this person should break up with this person or whatever? Like, I had to go to um, I had to go to Bryant Square Park and like interview people mm. about mm. it about dumb shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, I did not, and then I would just decide myself. So sorry. <laughs> just, make, just make it up. Fake, fake oh news. Oh, my God. It, it threw off all the data. 
<laughs> of who should break up with whom. Uh, I know. Going back, they're going to have to change all of the sociological texts about, <laughs> about reader polls. Um, and did they find that out? I mean, how did how did you? No. No. You just. I think they, I think I, I think I was actually let go because I took a very long lunch one day. Ah. Uh. Yeah, I had friends who were also there who were interning at um, like a different magazine, and so like I went to lunch with them, and um, then I was just walking around the city, and then like yeah, came yeah. back, and they were like, "Wow, you took a lunch," and I was like, "You said I could take a lunch," and they were like, "Well, not that long," and I was like, "Well, <laughs> sorry." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, imagine that. Is that a pretty fun life to be a young person and to be kind of working at these magazines? And I imagine not radar any- yet. Radar, yes. That yeah. um, there, no. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. there at least fun people around you, or is it the atmosphere? There were so- some. Yeah, but weird. I don't know. Page yeah. Six Magazine. My boss was this woman from Jersey who was constantly closing the office door and arguing with her boyfriend on the phone. Oh wow! So. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, what spurred the move to L.A.? Well, once I finished at NYU, I wanted to move here and write for TV, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what shows were particularly inspirational to you? Like what, like, what shows are you watching and being like, I want to get on that? Well, first, you know, it was like Buffy was my, fa- my first love. And then, like, um, I still watch, like, Dates of Our Lives every day. I love yeah. that. You know, those were things that as a kid watching with my family got Have me into like days of our lives your whole life. Yeah. It was a yeah, thing that yeah. got me into TV as a kid, you know, and like it felt a lot like my comic books, you know, it was like an ongoing story, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. um, that was my draw. And so being like, Oh, I would love to do that someday. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to grad school, it seemed possible. So, um, moved right away, like the week after graduation to LA. Oh, wow. What was it about, like, as a kid, what do you think it is about that ongoing story that that drew you into it so much? Uh, You know, it's you're following different characters every day, you know, or every month, depending on if it's a comic, you know, and it's just like you're immersed in, like, their lives and in a way that you can sort of escape your own. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's a lot like reading, but it is – you know, it's continuous, you know, it's, it's not finite. Yeah. And is it, is part of it that you were watching it with family members? I mean, is it sort of like a, communal uh, I watched or? some with family, but then I really just started going off on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had a, I have a younger brother and sister. They're actually from, they're actually my half brother and sister. They're twins. And they were born when I was nine and I had a great aunt that came and, stayed with us to help with the babies and she watched all the abc ones the ryan all my children all my children like to live yeah yeah yeah. general hospital hospital yeah she watched the and ryan's hope was i think a half hour at the very beginning but she watched the the irish one yes exactly and mira (laughs) and mira's in that she watched the whole block of them and then would talk about them with my mom and get them all like interwoven mm-hmm. like they ended up being she would get she would say like that two characters were starting to date and it's like no that's a character from another show like it all became just mm-hmm. one 
twisting yeah. sort of like bong hit for her <laughs> to just yeah. kind of, you know, escape things. And then I started, it just became a habit. And I watched, I, but for me, it was just all my children. I watched all my children. Mm-hmm. God, but it was for, nice, for, you know? Yeah. I, I it was like. Watched, for 15, 16 years, I watched yeah. that show. Yeah. And I remember sitting around, you know, hearing older family members talking about like the characters talking about them like they were neighbors. We did. Yeah, so, exactly. You know? Yeah. And it is, it's just pure escapism and you, it's kind and you know, it's like a little bit trashy, but you're still kind of mm-hmm. invested. It's just, I mean, no, it's the same as now when my friends and I will talk about and dissect like Bravo, you know, like real housewives things. Yeah, um, yeah. It feels exactly the same as when my family used to be like talking about like those characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I love, I also just love now being involved in entertainment and knowing like how those are made and how like just what a meat grinder it is, what like a narrative meat grinder it is to just crank it out. And uh, yeah. it's, it's an amazing, it's, it's an amazing little facet of the industry that I feel like is kind of, you know, it's slipped, you know, a lot of them, I think. In fact, I think all my children's just online now, if it's even on anymore. Oh, it's off. It's Is it off. gone? Yeah. Yeah. It went to, weirdly, it went to, um, when they canceled All My Children and One Life to Live, they went to Hulu. But um, if, I don't know if you recall, it was, they were like two of the first things to ever debut on Hulu. No, I don't remember. You know? yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was yeah. like, it was in the early days of it was like, oh, this is some new internet thing you know yeah yeah abc disney's doing right and then um you know they and they only lasted like a year or so yeah um because that was definitely pre the era of people tuning in to watch things on streaming right to accept it because it did kind of feel i mean i have i have an old man's bias against a lot of i mean not so much anymore but like when there were people that would you know, they were making a living doing a show on YouTube. In my estimation, it was like, oh, my God, that's, you know, like you're in the wasteland. You know, you're like you're on public access or something. And of course, it felt weird then, yeah. you know, and like I remember people being like, oh, my older parents will like never watch anything on like they'll never watch their shows on Hulu, you know, yeah. like this is going to ruin it. And then like the shows did get canceled because not enough people watched it. But now just the way that everyone watches like Netflix, Hulu, yeah. like everything, you know, like they, if you'd kept them on long enough, people would have been watching. <laughs> right, right, right. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10th. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Can't you tell my loves are growing? Uh, now, in L.A., did you have any connections when you came out here? Or? Yeah, you know, um, my dad was a famous actor in the 50s. That's uh, <laughs> how I got all my work. Uh, <laughs> Still didn't talk to him, but no. I exploited the connections. <laughs> uh, I certainly would have, <laughs> but um, <laughs> no. My uh, I had a friend um, who was in um, who was like a, a writer's assistant and stuff here. Like he was my first friend when I moved here. My friend Michael, and so um, I met friends through him, um, and had no really other connections here at all yeah. so yeah how did, built how it did from you... the built it from the ground up nice oh I, <laughs> you know yeah fuck all those people that are out here <laughs> that had it all handed to them um how do how do you start getting people to notice you and take you you know seriously as a as a hireable entity uh you know i mean my first jobs for my first like four or five years here were um was 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 waiting tables like being a barista and then and then i was just like using any other time to like um write maybe some funny freelance things online you know mm-hmm. or like like use my social media presence but actually i just i really didn't have like a social media presence that like got me a job that much you know like i mean it 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 got me jobs later but um it was because i was doing some freelance stuff um that got me um a job at buzzfeed Uh and working there is when i feel like i started cultivating like my uh using the internet to really sort of like propel my career you know because (laughs) that's how i left there to go and work at new york magazine and then i left there to go work at mtv news and then i got jobs at gq and like daily beast and stuff like that um so that is what i was doing you know i was um very much the game of um you could work at one of these places forever you know and have like a steady job right mm-hmm. maybe what is a steady job in the media but um I was using it more as like, okay, cool. I'm at BuzzFeed for a year. And like, how can I use that to get to another place? And then it was quickly just trying to go from place to place to get where I wanted eventually. Just to keep the, the movement going. I mean, because it was, it didn't necessarily 
seem like it was steps up or was it just kind of moving around? Oh, it was steps up. Yeah, it was steps up. I mean, I mean, most of the reason I kept leaving to go to another place was money. You know, yeah, Uh, it's much it's much easier to. Is that how that works? Well, it's much easier to increase your paycheck when you are. um, When you are moving over to another place, you know, as a concept. As as opposed to trying to convince the place you work at to give you a raise. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it was a lot of, um, well, I need more money. Time to convince these other people to hire me and then <laughs> lie about how much I'm making <laughs> so I can make more. Um, right, right. So that was that was the the scam I was pulling for years. Um, yeah. And then um, writing stuff really just was. Um, that's where it does come out to, you know, like that tried and true thing of like making connections. So, you know, you know, um, my current manager, um, uh, is someone who I became friends with in Los Angeles through years of living here. Yeah. Uh, and then she eventually, um, when I was, when I launched like the podcast, um, then was like, Oh, let me read something of yours. And then she did. And then now she's repping me. So, Oh, wow. That's nice. Um, yeah. Now, your social media following, uh, was it mostly Twitter? It's mostly Twitter. Yeah. I wish it were more on Instagram, which I wish just people found me prettier than they found me <laughs> amusing. Yeah, in- in- Instagram, I just can't. I mean, I just am too old and fat for Instagram. I got, I got the dog, you know, I'll post the dog, yeah. but, but it's too late. And I, And I also, too, it's like, for me, words are the thing. It's not... Like I yeah. can, you know, I like uh, some funny pictures, sure, are great, but for me, it's words, you know? I love words, yeah, you know? now, But now I'm just like, who cares about my words? Care about my face. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you really have changed. LA, <laughs> LA has changed you. You're in a canyon house now, probably, you know, slathering creams and balms. Pricing plastic surgery. I, cer- I certainly do the creams, yeah. the bombs. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you're when your social media when it starts to grow, because for me, you know, like social media for me, I was I'd been on TV for years, so you yeah, know, like I kind of had a built-in uh, following. I mean, how does it kind of start to build for you? Uh, you know, are there like a couple of like, is there like one tweet that gets, you know, that people go crazy? Yeah. For? yeah. You know, it, I guess it was always just sort of like tweets that would like sort of go viral. And then like some people follow you and then like, you know, like you, someone like important seems to follow you and then like you follow them back. And yeah. uh, that, that also never goes away. Weirdly, for me, you know, it'll be like, oh my God, why did this celebrity follow me? Yeah. I'm like, gotta follow them back. Unless they're crazy. Then you ignore, then you, then, then, then you slowly just pretend that they didn't do that. Just back away Uh, or hit that. I have, uh, to me, it's the mute button. I have such a hard time. Love a mute. Love a mute. Or the soft block. Yeah. Oh, the soft block is the best. Because then it's like, then they won't see you. You yes. Know? Yes. No. That I do. That I do for assholes, but m- like mild assholes. Now I just now, especially now with the election, I I, I, I don't. But just it, I just feel like support of Trump. I can block you because I mean, yeah. it's just like there's 
you, you there's, no, defend, there's nowhere to go beyond that. It's indefensible <laughs> at this point. It's yeah. just like, and I if don't, you run I, into them, like you're like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't have, and I, and I have no qualms. Whereas before you might, you know, and it's okay. I've always been a, a Democrat or a liberal or whatever the fuck you progressive, whatever the name is. And you can't be one if you're the other and all the shit. But mm-hmm. I certainly was never conservative. Yeah. And, but there's like, I did feel like, and I still feel like, well, sure. Okay. You can, you can be really into taxes being low and that's your whole thing, and, <laughs> you know, but when it gets wrapped up with all this other completely heinous bullshit, it's like, no, no, yeah. that's, that's just indefensible and I can't do it. Um, but yeah, then the, the crazies, like I still have things like for me, it's like, uh, like Chris Evans follows me and, and I, you know what I mean? He, you know, he's younger than me and everything, but it's like <laughs> Captain America, you know, like, it, and he's like, like when he re if he's retweets something about like, Captain America retweeted me, <laughs> you know, and he out of the blue, uh. went, he, because just from politics, the, you know, political stuff. He DM'd me and just like said, like, you seem like a real cool dude. And I, it was like two oh. days of feeling like, okay, All right. Cap, oh, Cap gave me his tip of the cap. Uh, well, thanks, I'm friends Cap. with his brother. Oh, are you? <laughs> not, not, not him though. Keep trying. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> uh, I, now, I prefer the brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, um, your your social media presence is fairly apolitical. I mean, you know, you can of course make inference. You know, you can make inferences of what your stands are. And is that just kind of how you are in life too? I mean, because where I met you was at a political fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, you're obviously active. Yeah. So I mean, for me, I feel like well, one, you know, like my podcast is at Crooked Media, so you know, like people know at least yeah. I'm left leaning you know um people who listen to the show know that i am a little bit further left than some of the other boys (laughs) uh, on pop save but um you know i feel like i'm you know i'm like i'm black and i'm also gay and so it's like what most of my politics like thankfully you can assume Yeah, yeah online you know and like i get political with like um making sure to tweet about um, people to donate to, you know, like races and stuff. And, you know, but like in terms of like a a Twitter, that's just sort of like constantly talking about everything all day, you know, it's like, I, I can't, I can't be Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. 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 Uh, You know, uh, or, or even Chris Evans, you know, or even like other people who are just sort of like, the there there I feel like there are people that you follow for political reasons, right? You know, like you follow them because like I'm getting the politics from you. For me, it's like I guess you're following me because I'm funny, um, and um, I talk about like cultural things that I like, and like mm-hmm. I will then occasionally dip into like um, what needs to be said about like yeah, obviously like race um, and like. Um, you know, things that are going on with like LGBTQ community, like, but, and, you know, like other political stuff, but, you know, like I would find that like 60% of my Twitter is just me trying to like stay, have a good time and stay yeah. sane. I know. That's what's, I mean, that's what I love about your feed. And I think, I can't remember why, you know, what 
you just have been there for a while. <laughs> uh, but I it think feels like I've been there forever. <laughs> forever. Uh, no, but I mean, but in my Twitter experience, I mean, then that's how it kind of got it started to get to know you. And um, I think it was when you were, you used to, and you don't do it anymore. You named the podcast, Keep It. Yeah. You used oh, to do that's right. People, I used to say it. Yeah. For what people, it kind of was like a, a, a regular feature of your feed. Yeah. Uh, it was always a good, you know, I mean, explain, like, tell people if they don't, you know, so. So, so it was like when I didn't like something, you know, like you would, it would be like, um, Mel Gibson making passion of the Christ too, you know, yeah, you would yeah. just be like, keep it. Um, yeah, yeah. and that, that became like a thing then that like other people would use and they would at me when they used it. Yeah. Uh, and so it became like a, like a catchphrase for lack of a better term. And then, um. When I was developing the show with um, Crooked, um, I sort of knew like I had to call it that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very glad I did because now it's more into it's just the name of the show, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I w- I would feel honestly insane if I were still years <laughs> later pushing it. Do you typing? Keep yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it is such a good dismissive. You know, yeah. keep it. Like I was just imagining like, saying it like somebody, you know, like, listen, I've got this thing. Keep it, you know, just yeah. to zip it. Um now what was your first what was your first uh job writing television that wasn't or that was, you know, fictional, that was a narrative kind of job? Uh tw- a couple of years ago, it was uh it was Daybreak, this um Netflix show. Uh mm-hmm. and it was um a zombie teen show uh-huh. uh, last lasted one season. Yeah, thanks Netflix. Um, <laughs> and wh- how was that experience? I mean, was it? Oh, it was great. Were you like thrilled to finally be? You know, yeah, you know, because it was based on a comic book, but we did a lot of our own creating of stuff too, and it just felt great. You know, like that. My first gig was um, really just immersing myself in something that I loved forever. You yeah. know. Um, and, uh, the character whose episode I wrote, you know, was also this gay black character who's like very into like Kung Fu and like samurai movies. And so like his episode was a lot of fun to do, you know, and it, it's, um, and it was different from the other episode. Each episode was like narrated by each character. So like mine got to be, you know, different than the other ones and felt very comic booky and was narrated by, um, Riza from Wu-Tang, you know? Oh, so wow. like it was, yeah, it was a really great first experience. That's that really I feel like, fun. Yeah. That I feel like people never get to do, you know? No, no, like, but usually people's, you know, television writing career is like writing for some shitty derivative sitcom, you know? Like, yeah. You know, you know, like, and then six years later, you're like, okay, now I'm on a show I like. Yeah, yeah. Had you been writing like uh pilots? What were what were you what what kind of stuff were you writing up to then to get that job? Were you writing your own stuff or spec scripts? I had plays um and then spec scripts from that I had never see the light of day again. I stopped writing spec scripts after grad school because yeah. it felt like no one wanted to read them anymore. It uh, seems like a much weird as, thing to do. As much as some TV producers online on Twitter, there's there's always a point when someone who like is a TV showrunner loves to tweet out like, "I miss spec scripts. I would read a good spec." And I'm always like, "No, you wouldn't." And, and Why? two, your assi- and two, your assistant would read it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. 
We're, and for people, just for people that don't know, because some people don't know, it's like if you want to be a TV writer and you say like, okay, I'm going to write a, a Big Bang Theory script and then you write a Big Bang Theory script. Just It's like fan fiction, but with television shows. And it's always, whenever I've read them, it always just seems to me, and, and I'll do like, you know, because like throughout my career, there have been, there part of being a comic actor like I am is that they always are like, when it, when it comes time to like, let's see if we can get you a show, you go on these arranged dates with writers. And there's so many of them like, here's my Seinfeld spec. And I just feel like, I don't want to read your fucking spot Seinfeld spec. I want to like, <laughs> I want to read like you. I want to, I want to, you know, because yeah. it's like, you are sort of, it is an arranged marriage when you, when you sign on to do something like that with somebody. And mm-hmm. it's like, I want to know who you are and not like what, George Costanza jokes you can write. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and it was um, it was definitely useful in, in graduate school, you know, because mm-hmm. like you could learn the structure of a show right. very easily. There were characters already created for you. So, you, you know, you don't have to like think up that aspect first. So like yeah, I yeah. love them for learning. But, you know, like um, I am never going to write one ever again in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and it's funny now, you know, just because it's like. You're thinking of an adult trying to write one, like who already has like a job, you know, and stuff like to try and get new ones. Like the the idea of it was always be a showrunner would be like, oh, to see that you can write in the voice of like this show or other characters, you know. And I'm like, well, most of you just rewrite everything anyway. So what does it matter if I can fit the voice yeah. of the show? Most of the, I mean, from my perspective, most of it is like, is this does this person have a creative, funny spark? Mm-hmm. Um, and I found too, from my transition into working in late night and that being my entree into professional show business and then coming out here and being in the sitcom world, just er- so much people saying like, well, you really have to know the structure. You have to know structure, structure. structure. Mm-hmm. And it always was the most unfunny motherfuckers that were like, you got to know structure. And I just feel like everyone knows structure. It's been Mm. drilled into their fucking heads. Like everyone could recite the structure of a sitcom in their sleep, you know, exactly. You just know how they work, you know, their rhythm. Um, And they, it's always, I think all, so many of these rules that people have are just barriers that they put up to protect the fact that there's like people that I'm, and I'm from a comedy perspective. That aren't that yeah. funny, you know? That, yeah. that just aren't that funny, you know? Also, uh, speaking of sitcoms, I told you I literally watched everything growing up, and that made me want to, I had this thing where I would, like, watch everything, and, like, I even had VHS tapes, and I would record episodes of things week to week, label them, uh, <laughs> and then, like, come back. So it would be like, like, if I were watching, like, all of Alias, you know, like, I could go back during the summer and be like, well, here's all my alias VHSs and I could watch that. And I yeah. did that with most shows that I loved. And I used to have um, Andy Richter controls the universe all on VHS. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's probably somewhere in my um, basement back in Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it should be. Um, oh, thank you very much. Yeah, no, that was, I, I mean, I, I was I, I got lucky in that my first kind of job where I was number one on the call sheet is something I feel very proud of. 
mm-hmm. and that I feel I feel also I don't feel sheepish about saying when somebody says I like that show I feel like I was responsible enough for the the psychology and the personality of that show to say thank you as opposed to like well it really is just a vehicle that I sort of got in and went for a ride in you know so mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's um, great. Yeah, no, it's 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 wonderful, and it is. You know, I try to re- I try to remember it on, especially now sitting at home with nothing to do, <laughs> feeling like I'm retired or like, did I? I think I used to. Is it streaming somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> no, it isn't. It, it isn't. isn't. I think, okay. Yeah. Um, I it might have been on Hulu for a minute. I think I think it briefly was. Yeah, and I think it was. Uh, who who created that with you? It was Victor um, Fresco. Victor yes, Fresco cause, created. Because I, 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 I think it was on after um, because for a while Victor's other show was on. Uh, with the uh, Better Off Ted. Yes, Better Off Ted. It was yeah. on. I think that was on Hulu for a bit too. Yeah. as well. And then yeah, and then he did Santa Clarita Diet, uh, mm. which I yes. he had me come and play. Uh, like the biggest asshole in the world. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, and and actually, we just did. You know, I mean, the way they're doing with all of these, uh, we did a cast reunion table read of Andy Richter controls the universe. Oh, cool. Yeah, and but of course, we we planned it, and then it happened to be up against the fucking Princess Bride one, the same exact same time, <laughs> exact exact same night. But you know, it was fun, and it was really fun. To see those people, you know, I mean, it it was, it is weird how like memory works where there, I was, it's like a, a file folder in your brain that you open up and all of a sudden it's like, you know, there's like, oh yeah, that and that and that. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really good. But yeah, that, that and Andy Barker PI, I, I'm very proud of those shows. I, you mm-hmm. know, I still kind of, that out of that whole process i think i ended up just feeling like i don't necessarily need to be the star of the thing like i don't Mm -hmm. and i i and i also kind of am realistic enough to be like well i did that three times and all three times it was very short-lived so maybe that's not the thing you know (laughs) you know it's like i climbed that ladder three times and found that some of the rungs were broken so i don't think i'm going to climb that ladder again um, yeah, but it, I certainly am. Ha- I'm very happy and proud to have been part of something that was meaningful to some yeah. people. You know, like especially to people who are for whom it is important to make television comedy, um, mm-hmm. and the Conan show especially that way. I mean, I to have been on a show that meant for people what the similar shows meant for me coming up. Yeah, um, you know, it inspired a lot of people to do comedy or yeah. be like, oh, you can make even, you know, even if it was short lived, you know, like the fact that it was on Fox and watching it, you were at least knowing that some people were yeah. trying to make comedy that was funny. Yeah, yeah, that is. And that does end up kind of being the most important part, the doing of the thing, you know, and that's the rationale because the boatload of money never pulled up and dumped all the cash on me. So I probably, you know. I, if if that had happened, I'd probably be like, "Well, the money's really nice," but because uh, that never really happened. I mean, I, granted, I'm relative to most humans. I I'm just fine, but uh, you know, I don't. 
I don't, I don't own multiple homes, you know, that, that kind of thing. And that's what happens. I'm sure that that probably follows. Like you think like I create a show and then I could like, do you have those thoughts of like that kind of fantasy of like, cause you, when you're in this business, you are like conceivably just a few steps on the flow chart away from crazy fame and wealth. Yeah. You know, I think I just want to. Two houses. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to have where you live, and then it'd be nice to have something in like another country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. We, at we, this we, point, we escape. <laughs> yeah. At this point, um, not one where you're even like, "Ooh, there's this empty place." You know, like you probably have to rent it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I, you know, also too, having children that went to private school, that's a, that they carry a beach house in their minds. Yeah. Uh, just because of how much that cost. I've been, I feel like I've been sending someone to college for the, for the last 15 years. Um, well, now, uh, what the podcast that you're doing on Keep It, you, your co hosts are Louis Vertel and Aida Osman. And Aida Osman. And and how did you how do you know those guys? Uh Lewis I've known for like s- seven years or so. Um yeah. a while back when I was in it, first moved here. And then um Aida we met last year, um, because our previous co-host exited, and so we were just doing a little, a little search over the summer and we really clicked with her. And so yeah. it's been great. She's on, been on for fifty episodes almost now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, because she's kind of new. I, I know her from Twitter, and she's new to L.A., is she not? Yeah, yeah, she's younger, um, and she was doing work a lot of stand-up comedy and things in New York and, and moved here um, to do the show and write on Big Mouth, so. Oh, right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah, and, and they're both so smart and so funny. Lewis is, like, one of the – has one of the most enviable brains Trying around. He's, <laughs> he's so smart and so funny. Um, and what are you, what are you working on right now? I mean, what are you kind of, uh, you know, I, um, finished writing on Q force just recently. A, um, uh-huh. Gabe Liebman and Mike sure created the show, um, starring Sean Hayes. Um, and it was about, um, it's a, it's a gay James Bond. It's animated. Oh, cool. Animated. So that'll be on Netflix next year. So oh, nice. we just finished working on that. We're still animating. How many episodes? Um, 10. Nice. Yeah, animated. Um, I do some voices in it. It's oh, nice. Yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got your SAG card? Uh, uh, I am in SAG. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah, I got the join letter when I did cameo in, uh, well, guest star in, um, in You Season 2. Uh-huh. Yeah, on Netflix. And what was actually funny about it was... Um, Obviously, so when the SAG sent the letter and they were like, oh, you can join now. And it's like, because of your principal role in this, um, I guess because of the drop down menu, you is right next to Young Sheldon. So I got a letter from SAG that said, because of your role in Young Sheldon. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. <laughs> we can find it somewhere. I hope I still have that letter because I wanted to get it framed. 
And you didn't, you didn't like correct them. You just let no, it be young Sheldon. Like, thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep, I was in young Sheldon. Um, the apartment building that I lived in had a bunch of like kids, kid actors, because mm-hmm. the apartment building was, it was a new building mm-hmm. and it was in Burbank kind of near the studios. Mm-hmm. And it were lots of like families from Cleveland that like their kid came to, and he had a recurring on young Sheldon. And it just was weird to yeah. me. It was just so strange to. Like I can't imagine putting that pressure on my kid to, mm-hmm. like we're we're relocating the whole family because of your job, eleven year old. And you like, better make it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, but anyway, that's a digression. Uh, <laughs> um, well, do you have? I mean, do you have like kind of dream projects to the side that you're sort of like <laughs> you know? And where do you want to be? Like, where do you think you're? I mean, aside from the two houses, yeah, that's, you know, that's a given. You know, the, the home of uh, Pierre de Terre. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. You know, like I have dreams of getting back in the theater. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I've been enjoying reading, getting reading plays a lot, and I miss going to see plays. Um, it's been easier to read plays during quarantine, just because um, reading a whole book in one sitting is insane. Uh, even though I did just do that two days ago, I read this new book, The Vanishing Half, which was amazing. And I did it in like six hours on my couch and didn't move. Just straight out. Yeah, wow. It's straight through. Uh, oh my God. I that, would need a gallon of Adderall. <laughs> it's that good. But you know, like reading a play like, is like reading a script, you know? So it's like, I could pick one off my shelf and like read one whenever you know and you yeah. read it in like an hour or so a couple hours yeah. you know? and so i've been doing that and it's been making me miss that just writing for people but writing with um when you're not like along for the ride you know like you feel involved and like it's really your it's you that you're putting out there mm-hmm. you know i think that's the next step for me do you think that's mainly because you would be? It would be a your solo voice. Yeah, my solo to- voice, my brain. You know, and like I feel like right now people get my brain on like the podcast and like Twitter, and I'm like, it'd be so much nicer if they just only got you know my brain through something I've written, and then I could leave having to spread my thoughts every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you ever? Um- do you have ever have any pilots that you've written? I mean, do you have pilots out there that you wrote? Yeah, I have one that I have like a couple that like got me those jobs, you know. And so, yeah. but, you know, my I mean, my writing is very theatrical too, and like sort of insane. Uh, but just coming from like my background and stuff, and like, uh, so there are a lot of things that you know, like people love to read, you know. But we'll see if someone makes them someday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is and and do you? Would you like to run a show? I mean, do you do you yeah. like the notion of that? Yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, I mean, well, I'm, I'm currently. Um, I, I did sell a show to Warner Brothers last year, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we're, we're co co writing it with a friend. Um, so we'll see if that goes somewhere. He would be the one running it, but um, has more TV experience. But you know, yeah, that's fun. But um, yeah, just hoping for. Hoping, hoping to 
can go and be in public again. That's what that's what I'm hoping for more than <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You and you and everybody. That's yeah. quite a unique feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I even miss a dumb like event in this city. You know, like a pro, a premiere of some show or movie that you don't even really care about, but you know, yeah. you're going to get free drinks. And, and then passed around apps. Like, I miss that. Right, right. Music's so loud you can't talk to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm kind of, you know, I'm like kind of a, I have a curmudgeonly side to me that sort of likes to go home and that is only good for about an hour out. But now I'm like, I think I could do two hours at a boring party. <laughs> I'm starved. I'm starved for just kind of just to see people. Like, yeah. it is kind of like aside from the grocery store, like you're never around more than five or six people, you know, like, mm-hmm. like just think about being in a room with 10 people, you know, and like. The people not in your bubble, it's funny because it's like, those are, those are the people that you see out uh, like, have you experienced being like at the grocery store and like, you see someone, you know, like, across the aisle and you do the like sort of like high wave. And <laughs> yeah. No, I've seen, I haven't seen, <laughs> yeah. Or in like then the elbow touch or something yeah. like that, or, you know, I like, I've seen people co- well, because like, I'll go to, you know, we're still taping, the, we're taping the Conan show at Largo. Mm. And, and so I'm seeing people, which has been like the fact that's been about a month that I've been getting to go do that and oh my god it's like oh my god i have a place to go yeah like it it elevated my mood by 60 percent. just the fact that i had a schedule that i had to meet uh absolutely which is yeah. kind of sad in a way like you know yeah, i mean the fact that i feel like what's got me together is like we still do we've had the podcast we do it every week so yep. like that schedule has stayed even though i'm doing it from home it's still the exact same weekly routine that i've had for the past three years yeah. And it's a conversation. Yeah. There's so many days when I like taping a podcast, like I'm doing, like with you, I mean, m- my kids will be over later, but you know, like with you, it's like this, this could have been the only conversation I have all day. And I kind of like, I was like, whoo, that's, you know, it's like nourishment in a way. Um, well, what's, uh, what, what's, what's the, the, point of your story like what do you think you know like or is there advice you have for people i mean there's kind of a summation kind of statement the point of me story you know i just think that um i could get lofty about you know like um wanting to tell stories you know and like that are important and like seeing stories like myself and stories that I hadn't seen when I was like reading comic books or watching TV but you know it's really just the thing that like someone like me who did not like like you said was reading comic books there weren't like that many black superheroes or gay ones you know and watching like TV as a kid like consuming everything I dreamed that I wanted to do that I thought about doing it all the time uh, and now I'm doing it, you know? And so I just want to keep pulling things out of my brain and, um, putting them down and, um, that makes me happy. And so, yeah, yeah I hope that makes other people happy too. Yeah. Do, do you, are there people that seek out advice? 
when you sometimes yeah sometimes i, I feel like i'm off work <laughs> really because i'm like i'm like oh what should you do well i don't know move to la work in a coffee shop mm-hmm. get fired from that one work in another one quit that one get fired in another one and eventually get a job at like a site like buzzfeed <laughs> Yeah, yeah. With that for years, start a podcast and then get a TV career from having a podcast. Uh, don't know many people doing that, but if yeah. you can follow that exact path, I know. I, I, I when, people, when people have asked me sometimes, like, if I, like, I just feel like, what am I supposed to say? Like, well, take some improv classes and then become a late night talk show sidekick for a number of years like you know, it's it's funny how time just even passes fast you know because it's like it'd be wild for someone to even do that job of your oh i know again and for me it's like it would have to be a different site you know from like even like a buzzfeed you know because like that's not the same they're not producing content in the same way that they were in like 2014 where someone could join it and then like get an internet presence and then like move on to something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And those sites kind of really are, there aren't many of them. And the ones that are there almost kind of seem old. You know what I mean? Or like there's, there's so many people now. And so it's, it's harder to stand out, you know? And so I don't know. Yeah. Well, um, thank you so much. For Thank taking you. some time. Nice to talk to you today. Yeah, it's good to talk Started to you. My day. Started my day, to be honest. And now I'm going to go to, now I'm going to do a, do a Starbucks run before I see my trainer today. So that's nice. Cool. How do you, how do you <laughs> manage the trainer? Uh, well, I've been doing Zoom all summer and all quarantine. Um, and now during, on weekdays, uh, one day of the week, because uh, another friend who lives nearby um, also has the same trainer. He will come and work out with us in our backyard. Uh, okay. Not this week because he um, he just had a baby. Uh, his wife. Oh my gosh. His wife just had a baby two weeks ago, so now he's like staying at home, like and COVID stuff and whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it'll be a while before I see him IRL again. Well, I uh, I haven't done a goddamn thing since COVID hit, so. <laughs> physically, so. <laughs> Uh, I believe me. I I and or I'm I respect what you're doing. I told you kudos. that I've had it with Twitter and it's about Instagram now. So we're working on. <laughs> oh, I get it. It's not. It's not for for health reasons. It's for your takeover of show business. It's purely vanity. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Ira, thank you so much. Uh, And uh, thank you all out there for listening uh, to the three questions. And we will get back at you next week. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Galit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Becton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Look.
love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.